There's a story inside every smoke shop. With every cigar and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Bovida. This is Box Press. We arrive in South Miami, the city of pleasant living and home to terrible cigars, which is led by two unlikely friends. Brought together by their love of cigars, Grace and Nigel are outstanding hosts that make the pleasant living a reality. It's here that I'm meeting Henderson Ventura, the co-master blender at Tobacco William Ventura. Cigar companies like Robert Caldwell, Room 101, La Barba, and Jay London have all had cigars made by his factory. But he also makes his own cigars and co-brands Ad Ventura with Marcel Noble. Let's find out his story and how he got his start. So your family has been in tobacco for 50 years? My dad. I mean, the whole family. Uh, I will say every single uncle that I have, they've been rolling cigar in the different factories, being supervisor and everything. So the whole family being involved in the cigar industry. Yeah. Uh, my dad started to roll cigar when he was around nine years old. So, um, <laughs> but... That's a nice shirt, nine? man. Nine? Yeah, nine years old. Don't mind me. I'm just gonna get comfortable if we're yeah, gonna just if we're me. gonna go down the road 50 years ago. I gotta get real comfortable. These chairs are great. We're at terrible cigars, by the way. This is quite nice. I've been on the road for a while. <laughs> You've been on the road a lot lately. What are you doing? You going to not, see not shops? No, nah, not that much, man. Like I do. Not I, that much? You haven't been on the road much? No, I do like a five days a month, mostly, on the road. Uh, five days a month, that's it? That's it. Five days a month. It seems like you've been doing a lot more than that. Every time I look at your Instagram, you're on to the next thing. The thing when I'm in the Dominican Republic, I'm so busy that I never post nothing. Hmm. Like... Uh, it's like a, you, when you get on that level of being just naive and to check your phone for a whole day. Right. You know, I wake up like five in the morning. As soon as I wake up, it's just running around. Really? Yep. I go to the gym, get up, like go to the factory, go to the fields, checking on tobacco, and then just working, man. I have to ask, can you hear tobacco grow in the morning early? If I what? Can you hear the tobacco growing early in the morning? No. No. Like there's no popping or cracking noises of it growing? I never, I never experienced that. No? no? How early do you get out to the field? I heard it's like 4.30 in the morning. No, I never going to go to the field that early. Can you, next time you're in the DR, can you go to the field at 4.30 in the morning for me to see if it's true? Somebody told me you can hear tobacco growing. I don't believe it. I've never heard it. It can be, man, because tobacco grows so fast. Right, it's a weed. The, like if you go to the tobacco fields mm -hmm. today and you go three days later and you're going to feel like a whole different thing when you go back. That's Three what days. I'm saying. So then it should, you should be able to hear that. 
No, I got to check that. Please do. That would be interesting. What yeah. I can do if we, one day I'm like hanging out like a late night. Yeah. And I don't want to go bed. Right. I go straight to the fields because go I'm not going to wake up just to like go to the field to check in that. You get up at five already. You Don't you like, like right outside your door, you live in the field? No. Oh, okay. No. That's, that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> My whole life I've been dreaming that you just live in the field. No, and you have like a little Habana. And you open up and there's I, a front I, porch where yeah. you sit and rock and look at the tobacco and you always watch it. That sounds like a dream, huh? Oh, yeah. In my head. But what happened like at the other six months? There's nothing there. Well, no, because in my dream, it's always there. Always there's tobacco there. always growing. Just tobacco just always growing. there. Always. Like a cornfield. Like the cornfield's always there. Always there. But it's not. No, no, the thing that tobacco is, you have a more special treatment, man. I'm in the Dominican Republic. This is something that we always care about. We never do more than one crop a year. And, and we make sure that we let rest the, the earth, you know, that we let rest the soil. Soil management. The soil, yeah. So you so, only plant, plant once. Once, that's it. And how long does it take for tobacco to grow? I mean, after 65 days, we pick in tobacco. 65 days. So the whole time this land just sits barren and it only is worked for a month and a half. Yep. Maybe two. If you, if you count in tilling it before and then whatever. It seems like a waste. Why not throw another, you know, six-month period? Okay, good. It rested long enough. It's good. Let's do another one. No, the thing is, we're in the Caribbean. We have some climate uh, things also. The, the, we have some specific time that we can grow tobacco there. So Because we remember, we get a lot of like a tropical storm and we get right. a lot of hurricane. Okay, so like in the summertime then, that's the growing season? No, winter. Winter? Yeah. The winter time is the growing season? Yeah. So why not just double down then like grow for 65 days, 30 day break, and then grow for another 65? Do no, some 55, people do that? 55, 65 days is the first pick oh. of the tobacco. And then what? And then you're picking and again? Then, and then you pick again after four days. And so then, how then, long do you fully let that plant pick out? About 90 days. 90? Yeah. Okay, so then is there enough time to plant another rotation? It could be, but we don't do it. You don't do it. Other people no. do it, though. I don't know. What does it do to their tobacco? What would it do to your tobacco if you planted it twice, back to back like that? Would it be not as flavorful? The flavor is not going to be the same. Because your soil management is the number one thing that you have to worry about, right? Yeah. It needs water and good minerals. Good minerals. Do you put minerals back into the soil? That's that's one of the fertilizers that you use on the tobacco. It's like a, to whatever that is missing the soil, uh, you need to add it. Do you so, grow all of your own tobacco and that's the only tobacco you use or do you buy from like other companies? We have country with different uh, farmers that we've been using for years and we also grow our own tobacco. 
But what we grow is like maybe 10% of what we use in the factory. You grow only 10% of what you use in the factory. Yeah. So then that means you're buying tobacco from other growers. Yes. To make cigars. Yes. Why is that? We just been growing tobacco for two years. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought your dad had been growing tobacco for 50 years. No. But it's just it's now. Just, it's just me that I started to grow tobacco. Oh, okay. He's yeah. just been rolling cigars for that long. Yeah. We have the factory for for fifteen years already. Fifteen. Tabac, fifteen. Tabac with the material we have. We started in two thousand seven, May fifteen, two thousand seven. Uh, we were a small company, you know. They started to roll like a super premium cigar. Um, I will say we are that factory that represented the Dominican boutique cigar. Oh yeah. You represent the the Dominican boutique cigar. Yeah, there is more small boutiques in Nicaragua than the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like we represent the boutique movement in the Dominican Republic. And, and I will tell you what, man. The thing is, like the Dominican Republic, like most of the main companies in the cigar industry, there were like a big uh, Dominican companies here in the United States. We're talking about all the big names. And then you have a few big names coming out of Nicaragua, but they're not that old. Mm. And pretty much all the new companies that started to get had in the, in the United States, they were coming out of Nicaragua. And that's when it started Nicaragua to go more, uh, some hype, you know, about Nicaragua and tobacco and all that. It was more with the, with the boutique cigar coming out of Nicaragua. And that's when people started to smoke like a stronger cigars, like oh, I'm, a, I'm a full body smoker, like this and that. Right. Like a Dominican cigar was too mild for them. But Dominican, what happened with the Dominican Republic, what people do not figure out is Dominican Republic, like a, they develop a concept of what can be a premium cigar, doing like the right fermentation to the tobacco. So does it affect the health of the people, the troll and all that? And also the age of the tobacco that we do there. No one does the, the aging of the tobacco that we do in the Dominican Republic. That's why the aroma in the cigar is come out of the age. When you have someone next to you that light the cigar and you turn your face and you say like, oh, that cigar smell very good, it's because that tobacco have some good age on it. So, so I will say the aging of the tobacco and the fermentation of the tobacco was something that were developed in the Dominican Republic. Then Nicaragua came out with the boutiques. And they came out with some stronger cigar. Mostly, most of the strong cigar, the flavor and the strength of the tobacco is in the natural oil of the leaf. You know, like oh, when yeah. you touch like a, a, a John tobacco, you're going to feel like that greasiness, that oil. That's the flavor and the strength. When you do fermentation to the tobacco, what you try to do with the fermentation it's to reduce the amount of oil and the sugar on the tobacco. Really? Yeah. 
Why? So you have a better combustion and you don't have that like troll things here. Like Back of the throat. Yeah. Hurts. That hurts. So I thought that was pneumonia because I thought oils and sugars, that's what you want to taste. That's what you're tasting. That's all together going to be reducing the, the fermentation process. Right. Like you want to do a fermentation that you reduce the amount of oil in the tobacco so you have a better combustion and a, a more refined flavor, but you don't want to kill all the oil. Yeah, that because makes that's sense. A, too much. That's, that's, a, that's a flavor, the strength. Yeah. So when you taste younger tobacco, you're going to get more flavor and more strength. That's not good. I've tasted younger tobacco and it's... Ah, but it, it tastes strong, right? Yeah, and it's like almost like bitter strong. It's not like strength is like, ooh, not oils and sugars. That's what you want to taste. That's what you're tasting. That's all, all together going to be reducing the, the fermentation process. Right. Like you want to do a fermentation that you reduce the amount of oil in the tobacco so you have a better combustion and a, a more refined flavor, but you don't want to kill all the oil. Yeah, that because makes sense. Too much. That's, that's a that's a flavor, the strength. Yeah. So when you taste younger tobacco, you're gonna get more flavor and more strength. That's not good. I've tasted younger tobacco, and it's ah. But yeah. it, it tastes strong, right? Yeah, and it's like almost like bitter strong. It's not like strength is like ooh, it's, this is a powerful cigar, but it tastes good. Yeah. This is like. Ew, like burning my palate. Also was a something that changed a little bit that, that you can have a fast fermentation. Fast? Yeah. Too fast? They cooked a it fast too fast? Fast fermentation that you don't get that much the greasiness out of the tobacco and the taste. And you get them to burn like fine. You know, you get the the, the, the wrapper to burn like uh, correctly, you know. It's dry enough. Yeah, dry enough. Um, but you rushed it, you went too fast, so it doesn't have the refined so, flavor. Yeah, so as we keep in the, I think the market been changing a lot, the consumer been changing a lot in the way that they smoke cigar. I think Nicaragua been doing a great job uh, with cigars. They've been doing a lot of great things. Dominican Republic has been doing a lot of great cigar through years and years. I will say most, most of those old school factory uh they've been losing i will say their faces and their and the energy to being creating great stuff and to or like a, to renew the look of the company and the, refresh the, their company and i will say that's when tabacalera william and turn houses new generation came out you know and being trying to do things differently and and uh, we still keeping the concept, you know, to create what is a basic standard of what we think that is a premium cigar. You know, well also from uh, fermented tobacco, well from well aged tobacco, uh, the complexity of the blends and the balance of the blends. Sure. There's four things. Fermentation, age, complexity, balance. And there's, I think with those... For things you are ready to go with a premium cigar. 
if your premium cigar, if your cigar doesn't have like those four qualities, I will say it's still that premium cigar. Right. Out of balance, out of complexity, it's not well aged. It's not well fermented tobacco. It's not a premium cigar. And premium, a premium, it should be something that is done right. Wait a minute. It should be a right? Is a premium product is just a something that is being done right. Oh, yeah. It has to be done right. Yeah. Like, it, you have to, you can't fast track it. You can't side skirt you these. Cannot, can, these are the fundamentals. Yeah. Like, you don't take shortcuts. Right? Yeah. No shortcuts. You can't quick cut it, cook it. You can't top it with some sort of sugar. You can't add flavor to it. You can't do something to make it better than it is mm -hmm. or quicker or yep. faster. Or faster. So that's what represents premium cigar files. So us as, as a boutique company, what we're trying to do is more, and this is what is the boutique movement. I think that's where, where everything started to change is where when we started to educate, educate the consumers. You know, to have a better understanding of what they're smoking. What is that blend behind that cigar? What is that tobacco coming from? So You blended this, right? Not yes. your dad? Yes. That's why Robert doesn't like it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't blend any of Robert's cigars? I did, uh, but I will say on the beginning it was his taste, but maybe he respect that was something that can be good for the market. But you've never blended a Robert Caldwell cigar that was released. He said no. I help, you know, in some of them, but mostly but it was like was my dad. One. Yeah. yeah. What, what does that bother you every once in a while that Robert just has this connection with your dad, not you? No, not really. No. I mean, I respect, you know, I, I, my dad is my dad. I respect what he does, and he have like a very. Uh, clear understanding of what he likes. He's very sharp of what he likes. And Robert, I seen Robert like my big brother and and I will say he like what he likes. You know? Yeah. And that's the beauty of the cigar of the cigars, you know? Maybe you don't like the same cigar I like. I'm Team Henderson. So all the stuff that you've blended, the Conqueror, the Royal Return, Queen's Pearl, King's Gold, King's Gold, and Navigator. Navigator. I don't know if I've had Navigator. The no? Conqueror, right? The Conqueror is a black. Yeah. Explorer. The blue one. The blue one is the Navigator. Oh, I have had the Navigator. Yeah. That's Habano. That's a San Andreas. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a cool thing also that you can see from our blends. What is it? What's Every cigar that we have, you have a QR code on, right in the barcode. Yeah. You, score the, you scan the QR code and you, it's going to send you direct to the website explaining you the blend of the Will you the hand cigar. me one of those cigars? They're in my backpack. Those those also have because all those cigars that I have are terrible. Yeah. The limited edition. Yeah, but they have they have them, don't they? Yeah. They haven't? Okay, you got it. Thank you. 
Take a look. Now I'm in marketing, so this better be good. Because if it goes to the wrong spot, it's a waste of my time. This is called the Royal Return? Mm -hmm. I you thought this was the Queen's Pearl. Yeah, the Royal Return is the Lion, and the Royal Return have two blends. One is called the Queen's Pearl, another one the King's Gold. We released both of the cigars at the same time. So this is a landing page for the Royal Return. Yeah, so this is going to have two cigars in it, King's Gold. Yeah, Gold Down. And the Queen's Pearl. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. As far as the Royal Return. Yes. Okay, so this is not just a QR code for the Queen's Pearl. No. Which is what I thought it was going to be. Is, uh, the, but Why not just make it for the Queen's Pearl since that's what it is? Because we don't, have, we don't want the people to misunderstand the story that we're trying to tell. And the so, story is the same for both sides because it's about the Royal Return. Yeah. So let me explain your adventure story. So Adventura is a brand that go back to the root when everything started with the cigar industry. So uh, uh, the cigar industry started when the Europeans came to the new world, you know, to the new continent, to the American mm -hmm. continent, discovering a new line, a new land, and they got into the Caribbean. They got into the Dominican Republic, Cuba. And they sold, they sold the local people smoking tobacco there. And they started to commercialize that tobacco into Europe, right? So the first land that we have is explore. They went out exploring out of Europe. They navigate and they, they conquer the land there. When they conquer the land, they bring back... Conquer uh, the land. Yeah. Explore, navigate, conquer. Yeah. Then what? And then when they conquer, they bring back the goods to the Roger family. And that was gold, tobacco, all the things that they find, find in, the, in the Caribbean. In the right? New World. And one of those things was a gift to the queen and a gift to the king. And that's why it's called the queen's pearl and the king's gold. So that's why to fit the story, we create a line with two blends. That was the Roger return. That was a gift for the queen and a gift for the king. That's cool. I've never heard that story. No? No. If you go to the website, and now if you watch the interview with Bobeda, you'll know. You're going you're gonna to know that. You heard it here first. Well, yeah. unless you went to their website. I like it. It's not bad. Very good. So is, uh, you know, cigar aging. Uh, this, this cigar has five-year-old tobacco in it. Yeah. Is that real or is it like kind of like... It's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah, we have three years old tobacco and we have five years old tobacco in that blend. So I may not always get five-year-old tobacco. Uh, you're going to have one specific tobacco in that blend that is going to have five years old. But the rest of it could be the three rest years could be or, three years or newer. Old. Yeah. But we never work with tobacco that have less than three years old of age. Oh, so that's my threshold. Yeah. No, no, no. Not one or two years or 18 months. Mm, no. 
were three years and up. Three is that years like and the, up. Is that the minimum? Yeah. For you, like, and is that because is that because of flavor, or is that just? Is because is when we uh, identify that the tobacco is on the best of the age. I think the ba the best age for the tobacco is between two years and five years. I think three years is the perfect point. Before that, we feel that it's still missing aging and. And what about after that? Does it get better after that too? Uh, it can, it, it can, it can change. You know, a little bit differently. You know, the, uh, it, it change on the intensity of the flavor, and the richness of the flavor of the tobacco can change a little bit. It can get better aroma, uh, way more smooth flavor profile when they age a little bit longer. Uh, but after five years, the the tobacco just started to decline. Really? Um, yeah, like uh, seven years still very good. Is more floral, more earthiness, you know, a lot of aroma. But after seven years, the tobacco just started to um, lose the quality and uh, and and the flavor of the tobacco. Remember, the flavor of the tobacco is the oil, right? The so oil and when, the sugar. when when you age the tobacco for a longer time. You're just gonna be losing that oil. What if it's, it's well humidified? Losing, and it's gonna be losing the flavor. But the it's well humidified, the the humidity kind of keep, it keeps can it keep on the it. condition of the tobacco for a longer time. But it doesn't mean that it's gonna age better. Age better. I will tell you something, so you have a better understanding about this. When you have a cigar in your humidor that you let them age for two or three years. Yeah. Of four or five years. And you take that cigar out of the cellophane. And you see that cellophane that get like gold. Right? Yeah. And you smell the food of the cigar and smell like heaven. You say, wow. That cigar smells so good. Like, uh, it smells like better than any food that I can ever smell. Right? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But then you light the cigar and you're thinking that you're going to get the same flavor of the aroma that you get in front of the cigar because it smells so good. And you don't? And then you light the cigar and you were like expecting something after four or five years that you've been aging that cigar. And you want like, you smoke the cigar and you're like, it's good, but I don't get that flavor. I don't get the aroma. You know where is that flavor? In the cellophane. That cellophane that you saw like like kind of gold, that's the oil of that tobacco right there. And that's why when you age the tobacco longer than necessary, you just lose the flavor. Smoke them if you got them. You're going to have a nice aroma. Everyone around you is going to enjoy the cigar better than you. <laughs> yeah. Everyone around you is going to be like, um, that cigar smells so good. And you're going to be like, um, Wish it I don't get it. As good as this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't get it. So. You're a motorhead. You, uh, you're a motorcycle guy, right? Yeah. Dirt bike? Dirt bike. 
No, do you have a motorcycle on the street? Nah, Dominican Republic is a little bit too crazy, you know, to is be it? riding. Is it dangerous? A, 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 yeah. Yeah, the traffic there is not that organized, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the bigger car always wins. Yeah. So, so you don't want to pick the smallest car on the road. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're riding a, a motorcycle, you're the chassis. We call it uh, like you're the chassis of the motorcycle. You're the chassis? Yeah, like a, you're the body of the motorcycle. Yeah. Like, like if you felt, you know, it's you that going to get a right. scratch. The car you have, you know, the body around you. But in off-road dirt biking, you got protective equipment and you can just go. You get protective equipment and, and you never go so fast. Because the, the, I do enduro. That is not like uh, that is not like motocross. Oh, okay. So even if it's pretty much the same, if you fail, you're gonna hit the ground. Right. It's not like it's you hitting another car. Right. And it's softer. And it's softer, and you have all the protection. And also, you never go that fast. You're going slow in the, in the off road as you can go like in the street. It's kind of like off-road mountain biking on the single yeah, track. Yeah. I did that for a long time. That's different than road biking. Yeah. Because, again, road biking is all about speed and mileage and getting further. Yeah. And off-road mountain biking is all about technical and balance. Technical and balance. And, and can you maneuver through the woods? Yeah. There were times where I'd go in between trees and I thought the handlebars were just going to... Like, this is not wide enough. Yeah, and, and, and it is. And imagine the same, and imagine the same, but just you have like a like a edge of a downhill. That's what you I have. You have like a five inch of, right. you can get your wheel there and go through, and then like it's just. One inch over and you're. Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's intense. So you have good balance then. I will say that I'm, I have enough adrenaline, you know, that I need to really? figure it out. And you don't and have the, good balance? I do. Yeah, so I you do. can balance it. But you it gain and... that. You gain that, you know, with experience. Because the one thing that about the balance is just to have a clear focus about move forward. If you started to look down on the side, no, no. you're going to be shaking and, and lose the control. Well, and you also... Your balance, especially on a motorcycle, goes where you look. Yep. So if you do look down or look to the side, you're going this way. It's counter steering. For, I have a street bike as well. And counter steering is actually pulling down to push into the concrete to push me that way. I don't turn my wheel to go that way. If I turn my wheel to go that way, I go that way. It's counter steering. Yep. People don't, some people don't get that. No. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I just move my hips or press down and I'm going that way. A, a, a motorcycle is a lot of, of, of body uh, movement. Mm -hmm. and it's a whole body, you know. My wife will be on the back and she'll be messing around. And I'm like, stop. Like I'm tapping her. Like you're wiggling the bike all over the road. I cannot keep straight. You got to slow down. And she's like, but my butt's hurting. This is too small, you know, the seat. I'm like, well, we'll stop because I can't have you 
squirming back there. You know, on the dirt bikes, you, you, you do a lot of stand-up riding. You're not sitting down a whole lot, no. You're not sitting down that much. So, but it's a lot of exercise of stand-up and sit down in the bike. Right. Or pull back or pull to the front. Yeah. You know, so sometime next day, you started to feel muscle that hurts you that you never feel it. Yeah, I know. Like in the back here and your shoulder, your, you know, your arms, your legs. Right. So. That's fun, though. It's fun. You're always posting photos of that. It looks like you. Is that your favorite thing to do on the weekend? It is. Really? Yeah. You have kids? Yeah. How many? Two. What's their age? Five and two. Five and two? Yeah. Do they motorbike with you? No, my little boy is, is love bikes, but he doesn't have the, you know, no, the age yet. Do you, will you get him into it once he's older? Yeah. Uh, he's going to get into it. Like, uh, he loved that. Like, so. what, what age would you start your son at doing it? Maybe four or five. And is your son two? Yep. Oh, so your daughter's old enough to do it if she wanted. It's, my daughter, you know, is, uh, maybe I should not say it, but girls and girls, boys and boys, like, they burn, like, with that thing and that. Yeah. My little girl, she loves to paint. I used to paint also a lot. But that's, she's more like on the artist side. You know, this kid is just like a, like a savage, you know. He, <laughs> he wants to be savage. on the bike. He wants to be like uh, using the tools. He's a motorhead. Yeah. And like adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Are you an adrenaline junkie? I do. Yeah? Yeah. What is the best release for adrenaline for you? Jump out of something. Jump out of something? Yeah, like a jumping a waterfall, jumping a parapenta, like in a parachute. You've done parachuting? Uh, from the hills. I don't know how you call that. Not from the plane. That's one thing that I'm missing. So you don't have big enough hills to parachute? Yeah, we do. Planes? You I'm jump out of planes? That, that's the only thing that I miss, jump out of a plane. You haven't jumped out of a plane? No. But you've jumped off of a cliff yep. and parachuted? Yep. And you jump off a cliff into water. Yep. Have you bungee jumped? Where's a bungee jump? With the with the thing on the ankles. No. And the the bungee. No. Oh, you should try that. Um, uh, I will do it for sure. Yeah. If you do, if it's water on the on the bottom. We need to cut to the next episode of Box Press where we go bungee jumping with Henderson. I'm in. All right. What else do you have? I've never been bungee jumping, so we got to figure this out. That's we'll it. figure it out. What we're going to do. You like, you like that kind of thing? No, I'm afraid of heights. It's super bad. Like, I rock climbed to get over my fear of heights and to have confidence. But, like, if you put me up on that bungee jumping deck and say, just jump off, I'm going to have a really hard time with it. The hard time to make the decision. It is. I would almost be better off just like running and go. Like don't even look down. Just And and the other thing is like this I have a hard time. Like there's only one thing in my life that I fear too. That is the ocean. You fear the ocean? Yeah. Me too. You're not supposed to be down there. People so, who scuba dive, they don't make any sense to me. So 
I will. I want to break the ice, and I want like a scuba diving with rubber, you like in the go. middle of the ocean. I swim like a, for not even fifty meters. After I saw like the boat, like a like a, a little bit far away from me, I'm in the middle of the ocean. I was like, if I see a shark here, like a, yeah, let me go back. <laughs> let me go back to the boat. Let me go back yeah. to the boat. I had the but same experience. That's the only thing snorkeling. that I fear in my life. I need to break the ice. I had the same experience snorkeling. Uh, my mom was like, "Why? Why are you staying around the boat?" go like off and I'm like, no, I'm afraid. Like, I don't want to go away from the boat too quickly or too far in case I see something or something happens. And like other people are like getting out and going and the the guide is like, okay, stay a little closer, stay a little closer. And they're like diving down for long periods of time. I'm just like kind of staying on top, trying to trying to stay afloat basically and stay close to the boat. That's what happened with people like uh, that never grew up by the ocean. I, what about them? That happened to people that never grew up by the ocean. Oh yeah, never grew up by the ocean. I'm in Minnesota. So, I'm landlocked. Like oh, so, I got a bunch of lakes, but we don't scuba dive. I don't. Some people do, and they're cold. Lake Superior's. What do you, what do you like to do for fun? Mountain bike. Read. I like reading now. I'm getting older. Do you have kids? I used to rock climb. Yeah, I have a daughter. Yeah. She just over one. Over one? Yeah, she just turned one in January. So that keeps me pretty active. I like going to the playground with her. No, it's just like um, I, I, I love reading also. Yeah. After I have two kids, it's not my thing anymore. Really? You don't have the time anymore, like it's a good home and just I do. have your book. But like, well, my daughter goes to bed around seven thirty. So then after that, I need to fix that. I have time to. Do your kids stay up late? If I'm home, because that's one thing. Like a, maybe they go to sleep like around eight thirty and yeah. nine. But if I'm home, they get excited, and they stay like until nine thirty. Oh, yeah, then you're done. Like, I'm in bed by 9.30. Yeah. And then I'm out. To, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't have time to read. No. Unless you put your be- kids to bed. You know when, I'm, when I read? When I'm traveling. Yeah, on the plane. Yeah. Or in your or hotel like room. Or like in the hotel room or something. Yeah. That's when I read. Yeah. I started listening to books on uh, audio in the car because I wasn't getting enough reading in. That's cool. That's another way to do it. Yeah, I I do, I, I, I do one book like that. It's cool. Still Which one? Um, uh, the richest guy in the world, like uh, the Babylonia guy. Okay. What was it? The, the richest man from Babylonia. That's what you read or on the, listened on, to audio? Yeah, on the audio. I uh, recently read... And you might like this because you're trying to get over that fear of the ocean, scuba diving. It's called Shadow Divers. And they find an undisclosed U-boat off the coast of New Jersey that the government doesn't even know about. And it's just 
like it's to the depth that it's super scary for a diver. And so it's very dangerous. Three people died trying to scuba dive that submarine. The book is a constant page turner. You read the book? Oh, I read it in like two weeks. And, and do you feel not like a, you can go to the ocean in this? No way, man. I felt worse. I was like, I'm not doing that. That is So why do you recommend the book to me? Because it's cool. <laughs> it's, because, because it's cool. It's all about scuba diving. I learned so much about scuba diving. And there, that level of scuba diving you'll, you could do maybe if you wanted, but it takes... That's like me saying I'm a master blender and I know everything about tobacco. That's not happening. Man, like you're not I at that level. You won't be at that level of scuba diving. Um, I, I don't mind about swimming, man. Because I don't mind about swimming. The thing is, the things on the ocean that you... Yeah, under you. What's under me? Yeah, like sharks normally, right? I went uh, snorkeling once and I saw a barracuda, you know, with the uh -huh. long and the teeth out. Yeah. And he was just sitting there. I didn't know that they could sit there. They don't have to move in order to breathe. They just sit there. And he was looking right at me. I thought he was. And I literally did the backwards run because, you know, you have flippers on. So you can't run forward. You'll fall. I had to run backwards to get out of the water. I was in the water for less than a minute. That was the end of my scuba dive or my snorkeling that day. They all laughed at me. They said, "Why are you back so early?" I'm like, eh, "I'm hungry and I want to smoke a cigar." <laughs> Didn't tell them, and I saw a barracuda. Nah, Scared I, the crap out of me. So I I I want to be in a position that I can still controlling. You are. Yeah, I like to. I, I I I like to be in position that I, that I can still control in that. Would you have gone? I mean, in the I will. Water? I will done a scuba diving, no problem. But it should be like a, about with five or ten guys that they're very experienced about it. Right. And uh, they can like, hey, like, uh, okay, there's a shark there, but be chill. Like, uh, like th this is how we manage the situation. It's not like a people, it's not like they're going to attack people, but if I look by myself and you're there, I'm here, you know, I'm like, a, I'm fucked. Like, I need to. <laughs> like, I'm out, man. Uh, like, I like what do I do, you know? I don't think we should be underwater like that. We weren't meant to be. We don't, you know, you got to carry an oxygen tank and all, all this but equipment. But people get it done, right? Yeah, but and we I also go to outer space, but I'm not volunteering I'm to go. Feel, I'm f I feel like this is the only thing on Earth that I fear, and this is the only thing that I need to pass. I need to get it done. Yeah, you like, want to Like, I don't conquer. want to be with fear in my life, with any fear. No fear. No fear. You don't want any fear in your life. I don't want any fear in my life. Well, that's, that's good. That's good philosophy to have. Then, yeah, go for it, man. Go. I Get will. it. Scuba dive. Scuba dive. And master just, it and jump out of the plane but and that's gonna be like shadow fun dives. for me and read shadow divers then you'll master you'll be like yeah challenge accepted i'm in like swimming with the sharks yeah so, i wouldn't do that either swimming with the sharks would be tough you like that it's kind of nice you can get any yeah. position you like there's nothing worse than a recliner that's just like all the way back and you're like 
Okay, this isn't comfortable. No, no, that's not uncomfortable. The thing is to no. get out of those shirts. Yeah, and this is nice because your legs are kind of slightly elevated, but they're not. But like, if like you this. want to get up, like you go like buckle, and you just need to go like. Yeah. You don't need to move your body, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I'm too too light of a guy that like to get a good recline in some of those, you got to have like a lot of like head weight. And then to get back up, you gotta like really go. So I'm all for this electric chair. This is great. Do you have one of these at no. your house? Do you have one of these? No. Oh, man. I don't want to get that lazy on your in my front house. porch. You know, I have a hammock in my front porch. In the tobacco field, yeah, hammocks are great. Hammocks. I did. Have you ever slept in a hammock like overnight? Not overnight. No, it's great. Not overnight, but I I, I can tell that can be great. Like yeah. I, I fall to sleep in my front porch already like a few times and my wife like just go wake me up like one in the morning, two in the morning. Like what you doing here? Like I get home sometime, take a shower, have a dinner. I'm tired. I feel like a, like when you have that, that kind of things in your house, it becomes like a ritual. That this is something that you do like a, like a, yeah, that's a chill time. I'm in my house already. Like I'm gonna get in my hammock. Yes, go me through your like. Send me through your ritual. You come home from the the work, the field, right? Working. Yeah. Or whatever. You come home. You eat dinner with the family and the kids. Yeah. And the wife. Do you guys watch TV? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Not no TVs in the house. We have TV, but I'm not a TV guy. Are your kids on the TV? My kid, all the kids are on the TV right now. They're always on the TV? That's, always... the, that's the only way that you can have like an hour in your house that you can chill. But do you know how we got the TV? How? So I have my first daughter and we didn't have TV in my house. I don't have, it was like a no TV in my house. And my mom was like, uh, Henderson, are you planning to raise your kid like a week without a TV? Like, you always have a TV when you were a kid. Like, those kids need to have a TV. So she brought a TV to my house for my daughter. Your mom did? My mom did. Did you like that or was that kind of like, no, I don't I wasn't this. agree. But I, at the same time, was like a nine, nine, like, that's you, my mom. So you didn't agree with that decision, but you just let it go. Yeah. But kids like to be. Grandmas are really influential. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids love them. Yeah. Because they just get whatever you... I want some candy. Okay. I want to stay up. Okay. Man, I have like a three women in my life. Three women? Yeah. My wife, my mom, and my daughter. In that order? Huh? In that order? Yeah. Like, like no, my mom, my wife, and my daughter. I will say the order is my mom, my daughter, my wife. Of the, importance? Uh, no, not how the burns, but in terms of control. Control? Yeah. Your mom has more control, then your daughter has more control over you, and then your wife does. Yeah. Whoa. No, my mom is still like, she wants to control, like, if you're still like a five-year-old kid. Like, she called me like... Uh, and she was like, why you didn't tell me that you were living today? I was like. 
<laughs> I didn't know I needed to check with you. I saw you yesterday. It just like uh, it just happened so so often. <laughs> you know. You better call your mom next time. You got to call her and tell her when you're coming back. Otherwise, you can't come back. No, every time that I come back, I call my mom because she, I make sure that she send me some food. Oh, really? Yeah, like every time that you go out of the country, when you go back home, like you want to have your mom food. So not your wife's food? No. Did your wife cook I though? want my mom food. Your wife cooks though, right? Yeah, but I can get that like the rest of the time. That I the thing I always like, I try to eat like a very healthy. Yeah, it's hard on the road. And and Dominican food is a, is is like a very high in carbohydrate. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of rice and beans. Right. So, but every time that I get back home, I need like a that Dominican old school food from your mom. From my mom. So you, hey mom, I'm gonna be back in town. Yeah, I'm back. And she starts cooking. Like save me some dinner, save me some lunch. Do you live close to your mom? Yeah. How far? About five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah. It's nice. I used, I used to live back, like in the city in Santiago. Yep. That is about half an hour from my town. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when I have like my second kid, like I, I, was, I was traveling too much. We don't have like a no one around us that take care of the kids in case that we need to go out and I'm traveling or my wife needs some help. Right. So I moved like into my parents' house. That is like a, the old house. So they have like a new house for years and that house was empty for a while. So you, I moved back in the house that I raised. And you're raising your family there? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Sweet. It's cool. So... But I changed the whole house. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. It didn't even look like the same house that I raised there. You got to do some updates. Yeah, I did you know. a whole update. Um, what about your wife's family? Do they Are they near you guys? Where are they from? How do you call that? Like a hillbilly or something like that? Hillbilly? Yeah. Yeah, country. Country. Super country people. Like uh, they're from the center of the country. Uh, it was like a, a like a very old Spanish colony. They stayed there, and they used to grow coffee there. So my wife, and family, they used to be one of the biggest coffee producers in the country. Wow! And they have a lot of uh, uh, farms there. Actually, I just doing like a, a new experiment growing some tobacco up there. Really? Oh, so you yeah. said, hey, can I grow some tobacco on your land? No, they they have like uh, so much land that they're like, uh, whatever you need. Did it work out? It's just some process right now. Okay. It's working out so, so we'll see. far. Let's see in a few years. But it's doing it's doing its thing right now. It's yeah. marinating. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm cool. excited for that. Me too. New it's, territory. No one's ever grown tobacco there. People back in the day used to grow tobacco, but, but like right not, now, no, not, not like on the way that they grow tobacco right now. And also, uh, is like a 1600 meters up or over the ocean level, 1600 meters, yeah. So, yeah, almost That's about 3000 feet, 2000 meters, yeah, about yeah, 
that's like uh, like Esteli. Nicaragua yeah. Esteli is like thirteen hundred or sixteen hundred meters. Yeah. Or three thousand feet. Cool. Anything else you want to say to the lovely folks out in? I mean, uh, we're still working, man. Uh, I will say we have a lot of things to get done as a new generation in the Dominican Republic. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is that we grain uh, tobacco. Uh, but what we're trying to do with tobacco is like to raise the standard of whatever we have done in the Dominican Republic in the past uh, years and we grow a new variety of tobacco, trying to get new flavor profile to create new experiences for the cigar consumers. So that's what you can expect from Aventura Cigar in the future. You know, a whole different level of experience, you know, in terms of uh, flavor profile, uh, cigar experience. And this is uh, what everything makes sense for me, you know, as Master Blender, that you can be able, you know, to create uh, a whole new different experience, a way different experience to anything else in the market. So, uh, but always doing, trying to do the best and, and that's it. You know, awesome, man. Also bringing new concept. We have about three new releases that we're gonna do for Aventura this year. Sweet, so, three new releases this yeah, year. Yeah, we have two limited edition. Okay. And uh, we have a regular production cigar that is going to be outstanding, you know. So is it new blends or just new, new sizes? Blends, everything. New All blends. three are new blends. New blends, yeah. Completely new profiles. Completely new profile. I love it. Yeah. Look forward to it. Me too. You can crack the whip on that. That's a wrap. Thanks for watching another episode of Box Press. Henderson, thank you so much for joining me and taking the time right now in Miami. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you, man. Always a good time. Absolutely. Uh, next to you. And uh, always thank you to the Boveda family, you know, to improve the quality of our product, you know, to conserve the cigars in a well condition. So. Thanks for shipping I, with Boveda so that we know every time the cigars land in the States, they're yeah. ready to smoke. Always, all, even all my samples come with Boveda. So. We made sure that this is one of the most important things for the cigar, to make sure that the cigar have the right condition. It doesn't matter how good is a blend, if the cigar is not in the right condition, you're never get, gonna get to taste the cigar in the proper way. So thank you very much, you know, uh, you're welcome. to create a, a, such a unique product. And, and I'm blessed to be using that, man. Yeah, we, we can't thank you enough. and. Now we're going to have to see a For My Humidor uh, ad for you. So we're going to get a picture of you and we're going to play some For My Humidor ads because that's what you use. You use Bovin in your humidor. Yeah, that's for what my, I do. You can say it here. For My Humidor, I use Bovin. For My Humidor, I use Bovin. And for every single box that we do, in, in, that we produce in the fat room, we use Bovin also. So That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. That's a wrap. Appreciate it. Check it out, more episodes of Box Press, subscribe to our channel, and as always, if you need Boveda for your humidor, like Henderson, head over to bovedainc.com or visit your local retailer. Bless, have a good weekend.